back to another episode of the Pixelated Podcast brought to you by GeekLegacy.com. Justin and I are here to talk about some of this week's most intriguing stories in the world of video games. Uh, For some of those that celebrate the Hallmark holiday, happy Valentine's Day. And if you don't, uh, happy Sunday. Hopefully this week isn't so bad for you. (laughs) Justin, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. You know, Valentine's Day has never had an impact on me, whether I was with somebody or or single. Uh, I mean, we celebrate, I suppose, to a, a a certain degree, I get candy and a, and a present, but I have been alone on Valentine's Day and I didn't even realize it was. Valentine's Day. <laughs> I mean, Thanksgiving, I was alone on Thanksgiving once and it was awful. And I was alone on my birthday once and it was just the worst. So I can imagine like holidays and birthdays, but Valentine's, I, I don't know. I can't really relate to it. And my wife and I, we don't do anything. Uh, We try doing the cliche. Let's go out to a fancy dinner on Valentine's Day once. And I'm not a big fan of the set menu that cost me $80 a person for food that I can get any other time of the week for not $80. So we normally just kind of celebrate it by, I don't know, just doing a nicer dinner at home. Something just the two of us. Sure. You have uh, you have spaghetti instead of hot pockets, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Or you show the spaghetti <laughs> in the hot pockets and you make a nice little casserole type of deal. No, we're talking. <laughs> that sounds awful. Anyway, uh, first thing we want to talk about today, CD Projekt Red. Uh, these guys cannot catch a break. They always seem to be something that we talk about, but not in a good way anymore. Uh, remember when The Witcher 3 and all we can do is sing their praises and now with Cyberpunk, all it is is just shame on you and finger pointing? Yeah, at this point, they'll bounce back eventually. But what can you do? Well, I mean, there's also the note that Cyberpunk 2077 basically made back the company's money within a week uh, just by I think they said they shipped 10 million units or something like that. I mean, the release of the game financially was somewhat of a success, but technically, we obviously all know how that's going. But it's getting even worse for CD Projekt Red as they have announced that they've been hit with a ransomware attack that allegedly exposed the source code for games, including the recently released Cyberpunk 2077, Gwent, and The Witcher 3. Now, security experts are reporting that the source code has been auctioned off on a dark web forum, seemingly for millions of dollars. Uh, The website VX Underground, which tracks ransomware and other malware attacks, noted this past Wednesday that the ransomed source code had been posted on a dark web forum known as Exploit. The starting bid was reportedly $1 million with a $500,000 bidding increment and $7 million for a buy it now price. That is an expensive eBay trip. I will say that much. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? I don't get it because I mean, it's already someone else's intellectual property and they do their own engines, right? So, I mean, all you're going to do is get sued if you make something with it. (laughs) So I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of funky because On one hand, it's kind of like identity fraud, where if somebody were to steal your social security, they can basically be you in a weird sense. But you're right. This is something that's developed by somebody else. It's got CD Projekt's name all over the code. I mean, unless you're going to spend all the time and scrub all that out and then re-release Cyberpunk 2077 and call it Cyberpunk 2078. (laughs) What's the plan here? Yeah, I'm missing something. I don't understand what how they benefit from it yeah so cd project red is currently in a huge situation with it um it sounds like they're trying to reason with the ransomers um it's a really weird thing to 
ransom off at this point. Uh, they also released their own statement, basically how they're investigating this. Uh, they did say that the compromised systems did not contain any personal data of players or their employees. So that's comforting to say the least. But again, I, I still don't understand where this is going because even modders have already done what they need to do on PC and have expanded this game to some end. I don't understand why you need to go this far. People are weird, man. <laughs> some terrible people out there, right? Yeah, I, I hate people that steal shit. It's like just one of my biggest gripes is thievery. I mean, I understand if it's food and you have to eat, but outside of food, I don't I don't get it. So there also is a uh, screenshot of the text file that the ransomers posted to CD Projekt Red in literally just they opened up Notepad, which is a base program on any Windows PC. Uh, I want you to build the image of this person in your head as I read this off. Hello, CD Projekt Red. Your have been epically pwned. We have dumped <laughs> full copies of the source codes from your Perforce server for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent, and the unreleased version of Witcher 3! Exclamation point, exclamation point. We have also dumped all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations, and more. Also, we have encrypted all of your servers, but we understand that you can most likely recover from backups. If we will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. Uh, this is really hard to read all these grammatical Sounds errors. Like your public image will go down the shitter even more and people will see how you shitty your company functions. Investors will lose trust in your company and the stock will dive even lower. You have 48 hours to contact us. Wow. I did, think did I had to give an email address. <laughs> Jesus. How do you contact them? Uh, I don't know. They're, the, <laughs> the file is literally called readme unlock and it has all this and it, you know, when you used to look up like old game and how mm -hmm. everything was written in just like a really outdated text file. Sure. It's kind of like that. There's exclamation points. There's these ampersands everywhere for formatting. It's it's tough to look at. That's incredible. I would have preferred like letters cut out of magazines myself. <laughs> I think that looks cool. <laughs> How would you do that with a video game company? Just take screenshots of like their text files from <laughs> all different games. <laughs> well, I guess maybe use like uh, Mario Paint from Super Nintendo and make a cool message out of that. That's one way to do it. Yeah. My goodness. What can yeah. you do? Um, you want to pull together $7 million so we can buy it? I don't. Okay. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> Think of all the great ideas you and I have had on this podcast for sure. other games. This could sure. be our chance, man. We, we, we have ideas, but we have no way of executing them. <laughs> hey, half the work's done for us. The game's already out there. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do with all that information and coding. It would it would look I would hit control A and then delete. <laughs> Start over. Easy That's one way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what a bunch of yahoos. Quit stealing shit. And how do you get how do you get to like the dark web and and 
go like you just hit a little switch <laughs> to where your Google goes black instead of white. Uh, I don't web. understand the dark web at all. I know it's always in movies and the shady part of the internet and the seedy back alley of of the information superhighway, and I don't understand it at all. Yeah, it's like you said, it's always a scare tactic that you see in <laughs> television shows of people that don't quite know what's going on. Oh, the dark web. It's so scary. But I don't know that I could just go to the darkweb.com and <laughs> buy a bunch of illegal shit. You know, it seems I don't even want to Google it. I'm so like an, such an idiot. <laughs> how do you get to the dark web? <laughs> how do I how do I bid on these things? <laughs> well, take me to the, the this is shady part where I need like a. But there's like some dude in a tuxedo behind the door with a little slack. I want to enter in this forbidden auction area. I mean, you can turn the lights off and just browse Google. And that's the dark web, technically. Yeah. There you go. Incognito. Mm. I wear it's a hat little glasses in the hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looking like a bunch of like flashers. <laughs> so crazy. Like three kids on top of each other in a trench coat. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, what can you do? Uh, are you ready to talk about something a little bit more exciting? Yes. All right. So Please. a couple, I don't even know how long ago it was, but HBO did announce that they were going to be making a Last of Us series, original series on HBO. And wouldn't you know, HBO has found it's Joel and Ellie for the upcoming adaptation of Last of Us. Mandalorian star Pedro Pascal has uh, will portray Joel while Game of Thrones, Bella Ramsey will portray Ellie. The series is being helmed by Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin and Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann. The series will follow the events of Last of Us as Joel must escort Ellie to safety while a fungal infestation turns people into walking deadly mushrooms. There is no update on when the show will premiere, but I know we are eager little beavers and can't wait to see it. <coughs> Excuse me. Holy shit. <laughs> All good there. <laughs> My goodness, I apologize. Um, you know, there was uh, casting rumors of Mahershala Ali, and you and I had talked about that. And I think he would be incredible as Joel. Uh, the man is amazing at everything he does. And just looking at the comments, I just wanted to rip my face off. I was so irritated by people's just like blatant racism. Uh, I don't understand why the character needs to be a, a white male uh but i understand some people just have to if they have this this perception of them then that's all there is to it but newsflash that's what theater is that's what acting is you are pretending to be someone else it has nothing to do with the color of your skin it drives me fucking nuts i hate it it makes me so mad yeah I, honestly when those rumors so <laughs> the the Joel casting announcement came literally like hours after these rumors were circulating the web. Um, I also saw another set of rumors that Nikolai Ellers from also from Game of Thrones was in the front running to play Joel, which there's some photos where he looks like a dead ringer for it. And I would have been pretty excited by that. But bottom line is you're casting someone who's able to portray the emotions, the feelings and just the personality of these characters. You're not casting because they look very, very similar. Right. <laughs> right. Um, how many times have people talked about, oh, Nathan Fillion looks just like this video game character. And he's never going to get cast in those things because he's not as big of a star that can portray certain things. As much as I love the guy, just that's how it's going to work out. 
I also right. I'm with you. I don't understand why people had to look at this and say, oh, I don't like him because he doesn't look the way Joel is supposed to give a shit. He's a video game character. <laughs> no, it's you're arguing about a fictional character. It's so stupid. It makes me so mad. And if you're only looking for people that look just like this, this fictional representation of a character, then you have such a narrow lens. And that's absurd. Well, and what's also hilarious to me is this is a character who was uh, portrayed by Troy Baker, I believe. He did mocap. He did the voice acting for him. And yet no one's calling for him to portray the character, literally the person that he brought to life in the video game series. And so it looks I, nothing like him either, by the way. I, I know. And I always get a huge <laughs> kick out of stuff like that. Just literally, here's the person that was this character. We want to go all these runarounds of, no, he doesn't look like him. He doesn't look. Make Joel a woman, make Ellie just a little child, a little boy, like switch it up. Who cares? It's going to be the same series, you know? Right. It's the journey. Who gives a shit? I don't know, man. People are weird. Very, uh, very protective. A lot of gatekeepers in um, in nerd fandoms. And Mahershala Ali's a fantastic actor. So such a badass. He's so fucking cool. I love that, dude. Can't wait to see him in Marvel's uh, Blade. Oh, I know. It's going to be awesome. Did you see Moonlight by chance? I did not. So he's he's in the movie for like maybe 15 minutes and he is just awesome. He's such a badass. He has multiple scenes, but they're just kind of short scenes, you know, like father son kind of moments. And he is just a he's incredible. He was awesome in Luke Cage. And my only the only thing that I really hated about that was he wasn't in it long enough. Right. Like he was <laughs> such a great character and he really portrayed um was it Cottonmouth? Is that Cotton the name? Mouth, yeah. 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 He did a really great job portraying him, and I just hated that they kind of just brushed him aside so quickly. Yeah. It's like, sorry, dude, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, I thought he was the bad guy. What's going on? Make way for the real bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's a badass, man. I'm I'm I look forward to everything that he does. And uh, uh, while I'm kind of indifferent with um, Pedro Pascal, um, I'm sure he's going to do great. I, I've, I have decided, I decided long ago to not let casting choices have an impact on my decision to watch a movie. I learned that with Heath Ledger and uh, The Dark Knight. I remember thinking, what? The Knight's Tale guy? Are you sure? And <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, he's cool and all, but I, that's just not who I pictured as Joker. And now it's hard to imagine anyone else. And that's just crazy. I totally just was like, well, I was wrong. Sorry about that. And, um, you know, I learned my lesson. So now I don't I don't care who is casting a role. I just wait until I see it until I can make my final judgment. Yeah. So let's talk about that real quick. Um, a lot of people in our little Geek Legacy Discord were kind of tired of pedro pascal they're they're done with this ride they want off this train um i like him as an actor and he definitely just seems like a good person i can kind of see where people are coming from in just the fatigue of he's everywhere type of situation but i still feel like the same rule applies if he's the right person for the role he's the right person for the role right and he definitely has that kind of old rundown disgruntled father look to him already so i'm excited for it um how do you necessarily feel about that casting choice yeah i mean I, i'm okay with it I, I, it doesn't bother me uh i honestly 
I had no idea who who he was until um, Game of Thrones, right? When you played Oberyn Martell. Mm-hmm. And then he was awesome in that. He was only in a handful of episodes, like maybe, maybe seven episodes max. And he was awesome. And I was like, all right, cool, man. And then, you know, I didn't really get a taste of him again until Narcos and then Kingsman. And I watched that Triple Frontier movie on on Netflix. But then other than Mandalorian and Wonder Woman, I, I can't really like think of anything else. And so, I mean, that's over the course of of several years now. So, I mean, I didn't really I'm sure he was in other stuff, but he just wasn't in my face. I guess he was in Kingsman. You mentioned that he was in the second Kingsman movie, mm-hmm. um, which he had a pretty significant role in that. But he was kind of like this, like Kentucky Southern gent dude. <laughs> like he had a weird, it was a weird version Agent of him. That, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> so it kind of caught me off guard. So, I mean, over the course of, of several years now, I suppose I've seen him in multiple th- over the course, of, I guess now seven years. Um, you know, so I, I am not sick of him, but I guess other folks can be, but I guess it's just the timing of it because you had wonder woman, 84 come out um, around the holidays. The Mandalorian obviously has been going pretty strong. And then this announcement's like, okay, are there other actors out there? So right. I guess it's just the timing of it all. Well, with Mandalorian, he he's taken his helmet off twice, like once in each. Yeah, yeah season, exactly. Right. So, I mean, he doesn't even, you know, he could phone it in from the bathroom at, you know, the mall or something and be good. You know, Bobby we're not specific. like, we're not like seeing him. I know. Just trying to think of something funny. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what I'm saying is, you know, we don't got to see his face all day long. We get it like maybe once a season and that's all there is to it. So, uh, again, it doesn't bother me, but uh, some people are weird. I think one of the perks about watching foreign films is that you don't really know who these actors are. And so it's easier to kind of buy into their role. But when you keep seeing, you know, your Tom Cruise's in a movie over and over and over again, you're like, oh, yeah, it's Tom Cruise. Or in this case, now Pedro Pascal. You're like, God damn it. How many times do I got to see this guy <laughs> in a movie? So I, I guess I can understand the frustration. I just don't have that frustration. Uh, so remember briefly how there was a Wonder Woman TV show and it never got past the pilot starring Adrian Palicki. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? She uh, had pants. Yeah. Pedro Pascal was also supposed to be in that pilot. And sure enough, he went on eventually to have more of a central role in Wonder Woman 1984. Thought that was a fun little fact. He really showed them a fun fact that no one's going to care about. You're going to remember it and say it once. And then everyone's going to say, you're an idiot. I hate you. And then never have friends again. So, <laughs> yeah, well, he's an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. How fun. That, that too. I love Buffy. All right. But yeah, um, can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to see mushroom exploding mushroom people. Yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty cool. I just wonder how long that series will go, because obviously Last of Us and Last of Us 2 and even the um, what was the in between game called where you were with Ellie? Oh, uh, I forget. Anyway, so with the three games that were there, you obviously have a very set story that you're telling. So I wonder if this HBO series is supposed to how long it's going to stretch this out. Are we going to do just a couple of seasons and that's the first game per se left behind. There you go. Thank you. I had to to go to the dark web to find that (laughs) careful might steal your uh, source code. 
Yeah. Someone might have a deep fake f- look of your face now. <laughs> Ooh, that's not going to get him anywhere. <laughs> That'll get him kicked out of places. Do not allow this person in. <laughs> type of situation. Yeah. You know, I am one of those people though that looks totally different without facial hair though. So, um, if you kill the facial hair, you could, you got a whole nother disguise on your hands. Yeah. Like a regular Clark Kent. Yeah. Puts on the glass and is like, who's this Jack? Oh man. Every time I, I like, I'd say like once a year or so, I just kind of do a reset on my facial hair and I, I hate it and regret it the second I, <laughs> I have finished. I'm like, Oh my God, I hate this face. Go back. And I just start pulling on my face to make it grow faster. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Gotta get some of that snake oil. <laughs> Watch the watch the video online. There you go. Watch your hairs grow in real time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if you're a video game fan and you like movies and TV series, it was a pretty good week for you because a teaser was also shown for Sonic the Hedgehog 2 as it'll hit theaters on April 8th, 2022. Uh, it also in- teases the inclusion of Sonic's popular sidekick, Tails, who was previously teased in the post credit scene of the first Sonic movie, but got his little logo, got a nice little reminiscent of the Green Hill Zone in the background. I think that's what that was, if I remember it correctly. So people are flocking and excited. Uh, the original one was actually a surprise hit, despite the fact that it got off to a really, really bad start with the reveal of whatever the hell that was supposed to be of the original Sonic. Caused a lot of people to go back and change it. And then, you know, ended up being pretty fun film, actually. All things considered. So, yeah, Sonic 2, April 8th, 2022. Maybe by then we'll all be able to go outside without a mask. (laughs) Maybe. Let's hope. (laughs) You know, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday because, like, it's just instinct to you leave the house, you put a mask on. Like, even if I'm going to take the trash out. I'm throwing a mask on just to be safe and courteous for everyone around me. It's going to be so weird when things go back to normal and we're able to go around without wearing a mask. It's going to be so weird the first day I go out and I don't have one on. It's like I'm I feel naked right at this point. Yeah, I wear one when I take my dog out for a walk too. Uh, one time I didn't and I was like, "Ugh, I hope no one looks at me weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot it in my car because I always keep it in my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw I always have it. And then wouldn't you know it? One time I didn't and I felt I felt dirty. At this point, I got a mask in every crevice and car and deep seated pocket that I can find. Yeah, I have all of them in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I have like three in my car and then I wash them on the weekend. Yeah, I've got like three that I rotate through. I've got a handful of like the paper, like temporary ones in my car. I've got some in my wife's car. Got them hanging up in our little coat rack. I've got some in the bedroom because you never know. <laughs> yeah, just just in case. In case like someone is doing home invasion and they're not wearing a mask, you got to get yeah, right. one. <laughs> Listen, you can steal my shit. Just put a mask on, please. Right. Totally. I always thought of it like, um, you know, they're always wearing ski masks. I've never seen anyone wear a ski mask while skiing. <laughs> I only ever <laughs> see them during robberies and home invasion videos. I feel like we should stop selling ski masks. <laughs> yeah, or start having a questionnaire sheet when you buy a ski mask. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, what are you, are you using like this for? For skiing because it's June right now and there isn't a lot of snow there. <laughs> are you really going skiing or are you going to just rob me later? Because I ain't about this. Exactly. Scandalous. So someone needs to put some more thought into that. Anyway, we've had plenty of time to think about Kingdom Hearts, and wouldn't you know, it's finally coming <laughs> on to PC as part of the Epic Game Store, and it'll be an exclusive. And I'm excited about that. <laughs> as someone that owns multiple copies of Kingdom Hearts across multiple generations, uh, the first time ever is coming to PC. So there you have it. And you will be able to find it at the Epic Game Store on March 30th. Um, Epic revealed its digital store's latest exclusives uh, released during the live stream on Thursday. And a quick little breakdown. Epic announced that the Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 remix, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 final chapter prologue, Kingdom Hearts 3 with its Remind downloadable content, and Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory are all coming to the Epic Game Store on March 30th. Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 is priced at a whopping $49.99. I think you can get it somewhere around the neighborhood of $10 on console. Uh, it was on Game Pass for a while, but if you're a PC person and, and it's the master race for you, then you probably have the $50 to spend on it. And then 2.8 Final Chapter is $60, while Kingdom Hearts 3 and the latest release, Melody of Memory, are both priced at $60 as well. There you have it. Yeah. And as you said, if you still if you wanted to play Kingdom Hearts three, go to your local Best Buy, Target, Amazon, whatever the case is, your local your local Amazon web browser, I guess I should say twenty dollars. Oh, OK, that's cheap. If you really needed it. But I guess going to play it on PC. People will probably mod it, make it look fancy, do all kinds of weird shit with it. Scandalous. Yeah. Who knows? Can't do it. That's a lot of Kingdom Hearts. That'd be fun if you had to press K to swing your keyblade. That would be mix it up a little. (laughs) (laughs) It's like those old uh, Mario teaches typing type situations. You got to properly spell out sentences to play the game. There you go. Oh, man. You know, one of my favorite things about Kingdom Hearts is the music. Uh, The gameplay has always been kind of wonky for me, but I always enjoy the music. It's it really is immersive in the whatever world you are in. Sometimes, you know, it might feel a bit repetitive, but I don't really mind, especially like Traverse Town. That was like my favorite song ever. In those games, you actually might really enjoy Melody of Memory then, because it's literally entirely around the music of All World, something like over 100 tracks from the entire Kingdom Hearts franchise. So maybe that's right up your alley. Maybe. Check it out. Not for $60. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably going to make the storyline even more confusing, but hey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it. The Epic Game Store, the place that we like to go to at least once a week to make sure that we get our free games. Make Mm -hmm. sure you do that. Always fun. Yeah. um, Like Justin said, Epic Game Store, Steam, uh, GOG always does free releases. I think they do it more often than Steam. However, but even if you don't have an account with those companies, or even if you don't have a P- gaming PC, uh, still create an account and just take advantage of it. Just totally free. Add it to your cart. Boom. It's there forever. Yeah. And the day you finally get one, you're good to go. Rage 2 is coming on February 18th. It's February 25th. Very nice. 
FYI, if you're into that sort of thing. I didn't like the first one. I tried to play it, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't feeling it. Uh, for what it's worth, just from the Epic Game Store, I have uh, a Total War Saga, Troy, the Blair Witch game, the entire Borderlands collection, although I feel like I have that on like every console at this point. Mm. I've yet to really play it just because they always do giveaways for it. The Ghostbusters video game remastered. <laughs> Excited to try that out at some point. Grand Theft Auto 5, if I ever get really, really bored. Uh, Hitman, the most recent one. Magic the Gathering Arena, Rocket League, although I believe that's free anywhere else uh battlefront 2 the celebration edition which was just a couple of weeks ago that was a free or no month ago i feel like that was a free giveaway and then uh watchdogs 2 is also on there yeah <clears throat> and i paid a grand total of zero dollars and zero cents in bitcoin dogecoin real coin whatever <laughs> all free 35 40 45 i have 48 games in my epic game library that i didn't pay a dime for all free yeah including alien isolation (laughs) which (laughs) i will never ever play again that is way too scary can't do it that'd be a fun (laughs) live stream game for you dude i almost so i was you know i built my new computer last week and you know i'm loving every second of it and I was just kind of going through my Steam library and I saw Outlast and I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> Not going to happen. I was like, I don't even if I could just re-gift that to somebody, I would because I will not play that game again. It's just too scary. And the type of person that would get that game for free and just straight up delete it because you don't even <laughs> want to look at it. Yeah, it was too scary. It's like my nightmare, man, a mental hospital and then having crazy things attacking you is even worse pass can't do it did i mention on the show that i played the maiden demo the resident uh, evil 8 demo i don't know i know we talked about it on discord but um how was it it so it literally is only about 10 15 minutes it's not long at all uh there's absolutely no combat in it it's literally just a couple of puzzles and then that's the end of it it's it's really creepy uh, because the environment. So after playing through it, it took me maybe like 30, 40 minutes to go through, even though it is a 10, 15 minute demo because I was like creeping around every corner. And uh, one moment that really actually got me to kind of jump a little bit was I'm going downstairs into this particular room where I just got the key for, and I'm playing with headphones on, which is always a bad decision in these types of games with me. Sure. And I hear one of the vampire ladies say, I'm watching you. And she says it loud enough to where it's like she's right behind me. So I literally stop my characters like if I turn around, I'm pretty sure she's there and I'm going to (laughs) die. So if I just stand here and don't move for a minute, I think I'm safe. right? (laughs) Oh, man, it it was good. Made me jump. Yikes. I don't know if I could do that. I am not. I mean, I'm looking forward to village, but at the same time, I'm not because I don't want to be scared. But I've been really wanted to go through and play some Resident Evil. Um, it, what made me think about it was like a couple of months ago, I started replaying Resident Evil four and just forgot how amazing that game is and how much fun it can be, even though it's like 100 years old at this point and super dated. But I've been really desperate to go back and play some Resident Evil and just seeing two and three remakes on sale really is making me itch to get it again. Yeah, you can usually get them for like 20 bucks, which isn't bad. 
So. Like to see if they become like a free month title for PlayStation Plus or something. Yeah, so I know Xbox had a pretty big sale uh, two or three weeks ago, and it combined the two to where you were able to get two and three for like I don't know thirty something dollars instead of forty. Uh, that was a pretty good value. I remember a long time ago. Uh, I think it was around Halloween actually, but there was a huge sale on the PlayStation Network, and I ended up getting. Resident Evil Zero, one, two, three, all the original runnings of it. I think the GameCube remake of Resident Evil One, and then four was bundled in there somewhere, and it was all like twenty bucks. Oh wow! It was really awesome. I was like, sweet, I got to go through and replay some of those. Really hard Man. to do so with the old tank controls. <laughs> I know it's it's rough. It's hard to revisit. I had Resident Evil Four on GameCube. And I let a friend borrow it. Yeah, Musa. And I never got it back. I mean, that's how yeah. good the game is. Yeah. Uh-uh. I bought it on Wii because I wasn't getting back my GameCube version. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I bought it on every console since it's ever been ported on. But I still suck at it. Regardless of which controller I use and which console I play it on. I just can't hit anything with the aiming. It's just, it's just not in the cards. I just shoot silhouettes around people. Yeah. I originally bought it on the Wii just cause I thought that would have been fun to, well, I played it on the GameCube. I was like, this is cool. Bought it on the Wii cause I thought it'd be cool to just actually point the remote on. Didn't realize that you don't really need to point anything there. It's all just action based. So a little disappointed in that, but it made the game super simple mm-hmm. cause you were able to pick off everything in a quick second. Especially because, like, by default, the the drifting on aim, Leon's like got caffeine withdrawals or something. The reticles just going all over the place. Right. Like, man, calm down. You know, uh, you mentioned drifting, and we saw that there was a class action lawsuit for mm. PlayStation uh, against Sony for drift on the PS5 controller. Have you experienced any drift on your PS5 controller? Not on my PlayStation Five, but one of my Joy Cons um, is getting into unplayable territory. Uh, it's drifting so bad, actually. Wow. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I was playing. Um, what was I playing? I think I was playing Hyrule Warriors, the newest one, Age of Calamity. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, my character just like he wouldn't run in the direction I wanted him to go. He was like slowly veering to the left. So <laughs> thought that was kind that's of cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing, too, is I don't think you can purchase those individually. I know there's the whole thing where you can potentially send it into Nintendo and they can fix it. but doesn't completely fix it. Uh, right. Luckily, I haven't had this issue yet on my PlayStation 5 controller, and I'm really hoping that doesn't happen anytime soon. Yeah, that sucks. Because, like, the actual licensed ones are expensive. Yeah, there's, like, bootleg ones, but if you're looking to get your hands on actual, honest-to-goodness Joy-Cons, it's pricey. And it's... Do you feel like this is enough for a class action lawsuit, though? Um, I don't know. I always I don't even know how I get involved in class action lawsuits because <laughs> I just get like checks for like eight dollars or ten dollars. Yeah. And it's the weirdest thing ever, because the, the, the interesting thing about them is a lot of times by by not doing anything, you accept being part of the class action lawsuit. And so I will always welcome a rando check for eight to twelve dollars. <laughs> uh, but 
I do think that given how expensive the things are, that it should work under the impression that they're not fixing it. And the problem is, yeah, they can fix it. But if I got to send it away and be without for weeks, that kind of sucks. That's unfortunate. But but I mean, what's a what's a PS5 controller go for these days? Like seventy dollars? I think they're sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. So that's, seventy dollars. Yeah, um, I would expect it to work, uh, especially if so. It's not like it's a onesie twosie, right? It's enough to there. There are enough out there to where it is a problem for multiple users. Mm-hmm. That's where the problem is. That's where the R and D failed. That's where the uh, what do you call it? quality assurance failed. And either they knew that it was going to be like that, and they just assumed that no one was going to say anything, or they thought it would be cheaper to just deal with it and send them out anyway. So um, that's on them. If 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 let's say that we've sold, I don't even know what the number is. We'll say five million PlayStation fives, and you know there are several thousand with a drift problem. Then I think that that's enough to warrant an issue, especially since. They're so hard to come by. You know what I mean? It's not like you can mm-hmm. every once in a while I go into Target and I see a PS5 controller, but a lot of times there's still nothing there. So I mean it's still pretty rare and it's a pain in the ass to get your hands on and you know, it's it's kind of hampering on your whole experience. So yes, I would say it warrants assuming the numbers are there and that it isn't just a ten people out of five million, then yes, I think it's worth it. Yeah, and you know, at first when I read it, when I heard about this, I thought, well, why can't they just release an update to fix a controller or reset it? Because I know for on the Nintendo Switch, there is an option in your settings to recalibrate your Joy-Cons, which I've done a couple of times. And it's kind of reduced the drift a little bit or at least reset it to where it's not as bad as it was before. But this is more so a hardware issue than it is software. Um, a lot of people are saying that they've both Joy-Con and for PlayStation 5 controllers, they've had to pull the controller apart, completely clean it from the inside out, put it back together, and it works fine. Obviously, when you do that, that kind of voids any warranties or any situations because now you're tampering with it. So it is an ongoing issue. Um, like you said, Justin, by doing nothing, I'm technically part of this class action lawsuit. <laughs> so I will wait for my $3 check for the next five to 10 yeah. years. Yeah. There you have it. I am curious to know what the number of complaints is. I don't I don't know. I don't think that information has been. Released. Yeah, because what I'm reading here, it sounds like it's just one individual that submitted it. Um, a person bought a PlayStation five in February, experienced the drift on the same day. Sony advised him to reset the console. That didn't work. He ended up buying another controller a few days later. And his claim is if he was aware of this defect prior to purchasing the console, he would otherwise not have purchased said console or would have paid substantially less for it. Uh, which is interesting because you can't just walk into a store saying, Hey, I know this thing. I can't just walk in and say, Hey, cyberpunk's bugged. I'll buy it for five bucks. It doesn't necessarily work that way. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I never understand how this stuff works. Cause I mean, I know me, I would just go buy another controller and just deal with it and be, I'd be irritated, but in a day, I'd probably forget that it ever happened. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times I want to have two controllers anyway, in case I have a friend over. So I would buy my buy my second one sooner rather than later, obviously, and then send off to have my other one fixed so I wouldn't be without. 
but I had I would have every intention of owning two controllers at some point, so it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, but, that makes sense to me. But I'm easy. <laughs> you know, it's also a funny thing is I haven't purchased a second controller for my game consoles in I think since the PlayStation. Well, I bought a second controller for my PlayStation Four because the um, PlayStation One anniversary controller was released and with that like sleek gray and all the fancy like old school buttons on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was the only time I purchased a second controller. And then there was that glacier white for the PlayStation four that was like on sale for 30 bucks one day. And I was like, I can use a new rating controller, you know, something that's got a little more wear in the buttons. But prior to that, I haven't purchased a second controller for my consoles in quite some time. Nice. When I got a Wii or not a Wii, a switch, uh, I bought two of their pro controllers. And so four people could play. I had the, each person gets a joy con and then one person or two people get a joy con and then two people got the pro controllers. And, um, that's when we noticed that the, one of the controllers had a, a drift problem and it was the one that had the analog stick more in the center. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's the, I guess that's the left one. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But one of them had a drift problem. And so at first I was just like, we didn't notice. We just thought we were terrible at Mario Kart. <laughs> and then it was, uh, it became a problem. So I had to get it fixed, but it wasn't terribly difficult. Literally just sent it in. And then they, it was like, I don't know, maybe a 22 day turnaround or something like that. So for Christmas, I got one of those USB GameCube things, little hub. So oh, I yeah. Can plug that into my Switch and use a GameCube controller whenever I play stuff on there. Yeah, that's cool. Like for uh, Smash and such. Yeah, it's really nice. I forgot how comfortable the GameCube controller is, actually. Yeah, skinny. Yeah. Still not, I still don't like the left and right buttons, how they just kind of like need to jam them in like 15 feet just to press the stupid thing. Yeah, because they're raised, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, that's kind of lame. I and like I think <laughs> I think it's supposed to be similar to what the PlayStation Five has, where like if you press it a little bit, it you know kind of activates something. You press it all the way down, it fully activates. Right. So uh, pressure not sensitivity. Haptic, yeah, there you go. I was, I was gonna say not haptic feedback, but something else, and you got it. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of Switch, I started playing um, Super Mario 3D World, and that game is so gorgeous. It's it is just blowing me away how. Like Mario has never looked better in HD, man. He just looks so freaking great. And the the way it plays is awesome. I still suck at certain levels. Like there's ones where there's like all these weird cues where the floor will disappear and you got to jump to the other side, things like that. I just think that I'm old now and my reaction (laughs) isn't what it used to be. So thank God for the little like audio cues that the ground is going to give away. Uh, but I'm having a blast. I'm on world five now and, um, I'm really looking forward to completing it and then getting my hands dirty on Bowser's fury, but so glad that I picked it up. I haven't played it on the uh, Wii U since it came out. So it's been several years now, but very, very excited to be playing it. Very nice. I've been going back and forth between miles Morales Final Fantasy 14 and uh, need to spend a little bit more time on Assassin's Creed Valhalla to only put like a good hour or so into that when I first loaded that game. 
Oh yeah, you got another seventy to go. Hell <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> That's the problem in this day and age. And you and I have talked about it so many times is we've got so many consoles, so many games, access to damn near everything. And I will still look at my room and go, I'm bored and have nothing to do, even <laughs> though I just mentioned three different games that I have yet to complete. So, right. No, I get it, man. I, so I challenged myself uh, at the end of last year to beat at least one game every month. That was that was my goal. I thought that was reasonable. It gives me somewhere in the neighborhood of 28 to 31 days to complete a game. And that seemed like uh, plenty of time. And I did. So while I picked up Assassin's Creed in November, I didn't beat it until December because the game was just so goddamn long. Not my fault. It's the game's fault on that one. (laughs) And, um, you know, then I beat Dark Souls. Then I beat Dark Souls 3. I beat Dark Souls 3 three times because I loved it so much. And then uh, I just beat Breakpoint, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So I am sticking to that mantra and I'm feeling really, really good about it. And then I'm hoping to beat Super Mario World or Super Mario 3D World uh, by like next weekend, I suppose. Um, And uh, go from there. But uh, I think that it has helped giving myself a goal something to strive for that way i can just put something in and play it till i beat it see and on top of all this my uh gamecube controller adapter that i just told you about also works on pc so i can actually run some of my old emulators on here and guess who just started their 30th playthrough of ocarina of time there you go 64 (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome like I literally have games where you can't tell the difference between what a character is and what a per- real person looks like. And here I am going back to this polygonal mess from the 90s because I just want to relive those feelings one more time. Sure. And it's nice that it's a game that you can beat. There are so many Nintendo and Super Nintendo games that are just damn near impossible. And they were really sneaky about that, where we're going to charge you whatever, $60, $70 for a game, and you're not even going to finish it. <laughs> and we got your money and ha ha. But when you can play a game like The Legend of Zelda and know that there is an attainable goal and an ending, it makes it that much more fun. But if you were just sort of pop in like the Karate Kid game or something and just get attacked by birds on the second level and die and you never get past level two, that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, uh, rentals as a kid were huge because you get a game for, what, 24 hours, whatever the standard period was. And if you get frustrated, oh, well, there's five bucks that you're not (laughs) going to get, not 70, 80. That's just gone down the drain. Totally. It makes a difference. I love it when a game can be completed and you don't have to be (laughs) some sort of savant that just looks at the world differently. And it's like you're staring into the Matrix code to to beat the goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. So... Legend of Zelda was one of those. I think Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda were just two games that I could always complete and I felt good about it. But then any like licensed product uh, for like based on a movie or maybe a TV show or something, it was just a nightmare experience. I think the very first Mario game I ever completed was Super Mario 2. That's a hard one. Yeah. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. Wasn't was not easy. Um, I and. It's funny because like growing up, I had Mario one, two, three. So I had access to all three of them and just always interchanged. But two was the very first one I was able to complete all the way through. And then I eventually was able to beat three. But that wasn't until like the Super Nintendo era. Just for whatever reason, I decided to go back and replay that. I was like, oh, shit, look at that. I'm actually good at this game now. 
Yeah, that's always fun. The the new ones like Super Mario, New Super Mario Brothers, and Super Mario 3D World. If you are terrible, they are very nice about giving you <laughs> some sort of tool to to get past whatever area you're stuck on. And I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really funny, specifically with Nintendo games, how they change because. Honestly, like a lot of these Nintendo, like the original Super Mario Brothers, I think if you are quick enough, you can probably beat the entire game in 30 minutes uh, without warps, just going straight through if you're good enough at it. But it's that whole Nintendo hard thing. They just ramped up enemies and made things overly difficult to make you want to keep playing it. Nowadays, as you said, like you get through the first level in New Super Mario World, you've already got 100 extra lives and every power up unlocked. And the game's a cakewalk at that point. Yeah, makes it easy. I got stuck on this level last night and I just I couldn't do it. I was getting so I wasn't like like screaming at my TV or anything, but <laughs> I was just like, fuck, I suck at this. And I went from 22 lives all the way down to four before I got past this part. And then I had to kind of work my way back up to more extra lives. But I was just like, son of a bitch, dude, what am I doing wrong? Like my timing was just off. And that's the fun thing about platforms is it can't be that way, <laughs> especially <laughs> when the the world is moving and you have to be ahead of it. You know, when it's when you have all the time in the world, it's not a big deal. But as as it's some kind of scrolling action is happening and you will die if you do not continue to progress forward or upward or whichever direction, then it complicates things. And there was a level that was doing that. And I just I couldn't. My brain could not make it work, <laughs> especially in a 3D space. Uh, you know, Nintendo Mario games, they, they'll throw a shadow on the ground to kind of help you get your bearings. Mm-hmm. And I was just missing the mark over and over and over again. And it was it was uh, a struggle bus. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And I felt I felt pretty goddamn great after I beat it. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, holy shit. Finally. Whew. A great so, sense of accomplishment. Yes, like in a in a in a Dark Souls sort of way. Absolutely. What would you say is one of the most difficult games you've ever completed? Uh oh, that's a good question. I think I think Super Metroid had some pretty difficult moments that led to it being an overall difficult game. Uh, but then I would honestly, I think Dark Souls for me is probably the hardest game that I've ever beaten. Um, it, it tested me <laughs> in ways that I, that I can't describe. physically and emotionally. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I mean, once, you know, if you're dying, you just means you're doing it wrong. Right. So, I mean, once you figure out the way to, to beat a boss or, you know, to get in close or to stay far away, then it's a game changer. But I think just the learning curve was so steep and even just, you know, it, it it's not that it held your hand by any stretch of the imagination, but the beginning of the game is relatively easy until you come across a certain fight. And then it's like, okay, this is where the real challenge begins. And so I think once it did a really good job of instilling confidence is once you beat that fight, it took me like four hours to beat this boss fight. But once I did, I felt like I could do anything. So it was really good about just, even reinforcing my confidence as a gamer. But at the same time, it was still highly difficult, but incredibly rewarding. So I, at the end of the day, I would say that Dark Souls is probably my hardest. But going back to a previous generation, I would think that as a teenager, I remember feeling 
on top of the world when I beat Super Metroid. I thought that was a, a real challenge. I think mine was uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade port for the NES. Because mm-hmm. uh, that is a long, long game. And oh. it's not very forgiving with extra lives or continues under any circumstance. Um, it's funny because I had a friend who always played as Donatello and he had no other reason than just like, I think Donatello is cool. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That that's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. So there was one day where I just decided I'm just going to choose Donatello because I always pick Leonardo and let's see if he's onto something. I went through that entire game in one sitting and didn't waste any continues. Nice. And I was like, I don't understand why this is so different because they're literally just the same thing but for whatever reason i was able to beat it you know i i feel like Raphael's size kills things faster than donatello's bow uh i think it's a trade-off like you have reach with donatello but you don't with Raphael because his weapon's so short but i feel like things die much faster when you play as Raphael than you do with donatello and that's the funny thing because in the turtles in time arcade game each Turtle did have different stats that were kind of hidden and Raphael was the stronger of all of them. Uh, but this is the like, like I said, the old NES version. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think there's yeah, any difference. DMNT to the arcade game or whatever. Yeah. Excuse me. Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Yeah. I remember. And they're like on their skateboards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that, too. Yeah. That's just for whatever reason, like as a kid, I would always pick Leonardo because that was my favorite and I would always do pretty well with it. If I ever picked any of the other ones, I always couldn't get through the first level. And again, there's no reason for it. And then this one time I picked Donatello, like, wow, I just beat the whole game. That was cool. <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> that, seemed, problem? <laughs> that seemed yeah. unnecessarily problematic. You know, another game was hard was Robocop versus Terminator. But I remember beating that at um, my buddy's house. Um, but it was it was a challenge. Yeah, I remember playing that one briefly. Yeah, that was didn't get too into it. That's cool. It was like two of my favorite properties as a kid. So I was like, oh, my God, it's like they got together and had a baby and I get to I get to play with the baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm playing a lot of the original RoboCop game, and that was frustrating. Oh, yeah. That's as a child. Just murder you. Brutal. Don't like it. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm hmm. I remember the Back to the Future game was really hard too. Uh, I never even beat it. It's like I'm I'm on my skateboard and then these bees attack me, <laughs> and then I get into a diner and I gotta throw like pies at people and and there's just this endless swarm of bullies trying to get to the counter to kick your ass and it was so hard. Like I don't think this is in the movie, but <laughs> whatever. Well, what's hilarious now is you can relive your old Terminator versus RoboCop fights in uh, Mortal Kombat 11. I know. Keep throwing in all these extra characters. I know. I have to. I got like the Super Mega Ultimate Edition. Um, I mean, I, I've already owned the game, but you know, they released like that Super Complete Edition or whatever. And I got a free game code for it. So I was rocking out with that. And um, uh, the only thing that bothers me about that game is just how long the like the bone breaking move, the x-ray moves are. It just takes forever. <laughs> just like not dude. recommended for speed runs. Yeah, it's just it's, it just throws me off my off my game because I'm just trying to kick some ass, and then all of a sudden I got I can literally set down my controller and go get a drink and come back, and they're still kicking my my ass or something. Like it's just <laughs> it's so frustrating. It takes way too long. 
It kind of cut it in half, at least. Speed this up. I got things to do. Yeah, honestly, it's exhausting. But anyway, that's all I got. Do you got anything else? No. Good stuff. Fun show. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Well, I I think it was more tangent than news, but, you know, that always seems to be the case with us. Yeah, that's how we do. (laughs) We're the tangent daddies. Well, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Pixelated Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pixelated Pod, at Stephen K. Janes, and at Edgy Armo. There you can talk to us about everything in the realm of video games or maybe some sports. Janes likes the hockey there. I like animals. Happy to chat about elephants any day of the week. <laughs> also, be sure to check out the other podcasts that we have. Of course, there is the Don't Be Crazy podcast hosted by Mr. Zachary Rancourt talking about what makes a movie absolutely amazing or just a pile of rubbish. And then you also have the Geek Legacy podcast talking about everything in the realm of entertainment news. Uh, you keep rocking and rolling. Keep those controllers charged. And remember to treat all gamers with respect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.